fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn it, I ruined my entire weekend, man. My entire weekend is ruined. It is gone. Finito, I cannot enjoy the weekend any longer. I'm not going to get to watch the interview. That Stormy Daniels, the adult film star and supposed affair mistress of former President Donald Trump, I'm not going to get to enjoy the interview she was going to do with Pierce uh, Pierce Morgan. Uh, terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself now. I was looking forward to it. I was ready to talk about what you know, listen to what she had to say about uh, how her and the former president had this affair and. How she got paid this hush money, which doesn't have anything to do with businesses. I don't know why they would include that in what's going on right now. But canceling her interview with Pierce Morgan because of what they call security issues, because those evil, radical, right-wing Republicans and MAGA supporters are threatening her life, supposedly, and we have to cancel said interview. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Playing into your guns and Bibles, man, just causing all these issues left and right. What a crazy time. Welcome into the program. Great to have you along for the ride today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Your Millennial General doing what we do each and every day. Let's carpe diem all over this place on a Friday to wrap up the week. What do you say? Got a lot to talk about. Bottom of the hour, we are going to have some fun, and we'll pick his brain on this issue and obviously a heck of a lot more. Uh, Edward J. Epstein, he is a journalist. He's been a journalist for a long time. He's covered major issues, including the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and his latest book, Assume Nothing, as he talks with uh, his encounters and talks about his encounters with some really wild people in the world. His book, Assume Nothing, encounters with assassins, spies, presidents and would-be masters of the universe oh my oh my we'll have some fun with him on the program here in just a little bit talk about his experiences i'm sure he could tell stories for hours and look forward to doing that one here in just a bit i I don't have any other really intro other than i guess we have to talk about the big elephant in the room so to speak right i mean it's not much more we can do today everybody wants to hear about what's going on and the fact is we just don't know much of what's going on right now other than well done congratulations mainstream media and congratulations democrats and the uh justice system you my friends have officially won donald trump the 2024 presidential election so pat yourself on the back well done way to go The anger and the hatred from the mainstream uh, general population of what's going on, even those that are not Donald Trump supporters, will grow exponential with something like this. And now even those who despised Donald Trump will officially be supporting Donald Trump after proving, proving the point that we've been saying for a very long time that the corrupt justice system is as corrupt as we thought it was. When Donald Trump said that Hillary Clinton would be in prison and she was not in prison when they let her go scot-free of all the shenanigans that she's been doing, when the Biden family is still in power right now, when Joe Biden's still getting the kickbacks, when uh, Hunter Biden still has his laptop out there, and the FBI openly acknowledged it and accepted it, and yet there's nothing going on there, that shows that we have a massively corrupt justice system and the little shred of trust. The tiniest shred of trust that we had in elected officials and bureaucrats and the justice system as a whole is now gone. Poof. Just like the uh, gas in the wind, if you know what I mean. It's gone. 
We no longer trust the system in any way, shape, or form. But for those that don't know, according to CNN, that Trump faces more than 30 counts of related to business fraud, according to sources that tell CNN. In fact, it's 34 uh, cases right now that he's officially been indicted for. And I guess they were only two weeks off. They said he was going to be indicted on a Tuesday, or he said he was going to be indicted on a Tuesday. I guess it was true just a Tuesday, two weeks after from what he had actually predicted. So they couldn't be completely right. They didn't want to do they wanted didn't want to give him the credit for him to be completely right, so they had to wait just a little bit and then do the indictment, but he's still set to be arraigned on Tuesday next week, apparently at two fifteen Eastern time. Well he were where, where he will fly into New York. He will waltz in there, turn himself in, he will hear the court. He said he's not going to make a plea deal because he has not broken any laws, and then he will walk out. If they try to put him in jail, they will make bail. He will walk away, get back on his private jet, and probably go to his next campaign stop with a massive rally supporting him on the corruption of them trying to lock him away. Now, outside of that, we have have no other details. We don't know what else is going on. We don't know the details of these cases. Apparently, according to the federal judges, they will make the prosecution public at some point, so that way we can know what the hell's going on. But we don't know anything. So all we can do is speculate. And right now, the speculation is that the media has gotten the shock that they wanted. They got their bump in their ratings. They got their major story about Donald Trump, so that way they don't have to focus on the uh, joke of a president right now that is Joe Biden, where he can't even say a full-on sentence, uh, they want to focus attention elsewhere. Kamala Harris was visiting with the president of Zambia for whatever reason uh, earlier today, and we'll talk about that in just a second, and she didn't want to comment on it, nor does anybody care what she has to say, because every time she opens her mouth, their poll ratings continue to go down for her individually, and as a party as a whole, like, really? This, this is this is who we're actually having represent us right now, huh? So it's a mess, and we don't know anything that's going on. What did happen, however, is that the media is happy because they got what they wanted. I said a few days ago, and I said it here, and I said it on another show that I was a guest on as well uh, on a podcast online, about Donald Trump put them in a bad situation. Donald Trump called them out when they were working to do this. What they wanted to do is keep this from the public to where it was going to be a shock and all when this indictment actually came down without any preconceived notions. It was going to be a shock all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, we had no clue this was going to happen. We were just going to, boom, lay down these indictments. We were going to arraign you. We were going to put you in the handcuffs. We were going to put you on trial, put you in jail. The photo ops are going to go crazy with him with handcuffs on, him behind bars. And that way we can sabotage him and go after him to throw him in jail, say he's not fit to run for president again. And then all of the response violently that we're expecting from the MAGA and Republican crowds will be able to use that to sh- prove that this side is radical, they're nuts, and they're the domestic terrorists in this nation. And Donald Trump put them in a bad spot because he found out about it and he made it public when he probably wasn't supposed to do so. So then they were stuck between the rock and the hard place because they wanted to still do it, but they don't have the strongest case. So they wanted to do it without us understanding the case and just get shocked by it by being laid down upon us and then trying to figure it out behind the scenes while they keep everything kind of concealed. And they weren't able to do that. So that's, in my opinion, in the conspiratorial mindset that I'm in right now, Let's they backed off a little bit. Let's hold on a second. Let's make sure we have our ducks in a row, our T's crossed and our I's dotted, make sure everything's good. So when this does come out, we have a stronger case to say why we're doing what we're doing. Or they wanted it to fade away. The media was craving it. The media wanted it to happen. So even as they backed off and they said we were going to adjourn, we weren't going to hear these cases, we weren't going to do anything like here, they wanted it to fade off and just go off into the nothingness 
The media, on the other hand, wanted this case to happen because they want the photo up, they want the talking points, they want the demonization of Donald Trump to make sure again that he cannot run for president in 2024. And now they've got it. What these cases may do, I don't know. If Donald Trump says he's not going to make a plea deal, and his attorneys say that they are certain that they'll be dropped once the hearings actually begin, all 34 of them, then they're pretty confident, you would think. Because at some point, you stop playing games in politics, and you continue to actually just, you know, this is a guy's life on the line of whether he's going to go to prison or not for for, uh, business fraud, which I don't know what those fraud cases are. Now, you keep saying the hush money to Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels would be one case. That's not 34 counts. So what else is going on here? According to some, though, like his former attorney, Michael Cohen, who's kind of a hack, but was on CNN earlier saying what's really going on in his opinion behind the scenes in the mindset of Donald Trump. He's seething. And to the world, he wants to again appear to have this thick skin. He's not thick skinned. Right? I think we've also saw that during the, um, uh, what was it, the correspondence dinner. He is not thick skinned. He's actually very thin skinned and he has a very fragile ego. This is his biggest fear that he will be mugshotted and that, you know, he's going to now have an F, a felony next to his name. These are not things that Donald Trump ever thought in his entire life, nor I for that matter, that he would ever be confronted with. He's seething right now because of all of the mistakes that so many people that were around him have made from Jared all the way to Steve Bannon, Steve Miller, you know, to this whole clown car of, you know, of, you know, constituents that paraded around him. He's seething because all the, all the advice that they gave now landed him here. And as we all know, Donald is not a person who likes to accept accountability. It has to be on somebody else, always. Unfortunately, He's the one that's going on Tuesday, right, in order to get fingerprinted and mugshotted. Do you really believe that? Do you really think that's what's going I mean, obviously, this is CNN. This is Michael Cohen. They've turned on Trump a long time ago, and they've done everything to demonize him. But do you really believe that kind of mindset of where Donald Trump is in that mental state right now? This is a guy who's been researched and investigated more than any other person in human history for the last at least eight years. Let's see, right? He was elected in 2016 which would be 4 to 20, that would be, uh, be 7, at least 8 years, probably 10 years, as he announced or even considered running for president. And they were desperate for him not to run because they didn't think he would win, and they thought that he would be an easy one to lose as long as you just throw a couple scandals at him, and it didn't work out. And since then, he's been the heavily most investigated individual on the face of the earth, and you think now that all of a sudden he's scared? This is the end of Donald Trump? I've heard that from some elected officials across the country as well. This is the end of Donald Trump. This is the beginning of the end for the MAGA movement and for Donald Trump and everybody that's associated with him. This is the end. It's over. Over. Done. Finito. Because of these 34 indictments, when he's been impeached twice from Congress, when there was false uh, uh, false accusation after false accusation against him when it comes to the collusion with Russia or this with Stormy Daniels, and again, I'd like to reiterate the fact that there are many different elected officials that literally have a slush fund from Congress that they can use in order to pay off people during election time to keep them quiet if you want to consider hush money. 
was it Al Green? I think I was kind of out of uh, Florida that's used millions of dollars to pay off uh, individuals that he's had affairs with or that he's corrupted in some way, shape, or form to pay them off. They literally have money that they do for this all the time, and they just look the other way. But Donald Trump, man, he paid off an adult film star, and now all of a sudden it's a big story and it's business fraud. He has the top legal attorneys, financial attorneys, financial advisors in the entire nation and he's been scrutinized with tax returns and with everything else since he took over from his dad for the business and since he's gotten into politics. And you think that something like this is actually going to be the one that brings him down. You really, truly, honestly think that this is going to be the end of Donald Trump. What I'm telling you is going to happen, and he's going to waltz right in. He's going to smile during the entire thing. He's going to plead no because it's all a bunch of, bunch of malarkey, according to Joe Biden. And then his attorneys are going to bail him out. He's going to get back on the campaign trail. He's going to feel the rally and support of all of his people and his supporters. And and things are going to go on as business. And if he does get in trouble, he's going to get a fine, maybe a slap on the wrist, and then he's going to continue on and run for president because nothing's holding him back still from running for president. And the entire mindset, again, that the media's done this entire time during him, his involvement in politics, is going to go where they think, well, you know, that's going to corrupt his image to where people don't want to support him. When in fact, He's going to stay the same. He's already a divisive character. Either you love him or you hate him. You're either going to support him or either you're not going to support him. That's period, end of story. It's not going to go beyond that one. And he might win a few more people over, seeing how corrupt that justice system is, making him out to be the bad guy when we have literal criminals in Washington, D.C. right now. I don't think he did anything different. It's not going to change anything. This is not as big of a story as what the media is making it out to be, but of course they're going to make it out to be that because, well, by golly, it's Donald Trump. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. I love the mindset. And again, the few people that actually listen to CNN, MSNBC, CBS, all these other garbage networks that try to just lie and make stuff up and try and just really get what's in the mind of Donald Trump right now. He's seething. He's living. He's had so many people cause so many issues around him. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what you say. I believe you. Say whatever you want to. It uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the guy that's been investigated more times than even Hitler back in the day. I mean, come on, man. Donald Trump's been through this. He already knows. And the fact that he already knew something was coming, which is why he tweeted out about it two weeks ago, saying that he was going to be indicted and arraigned on Tuesday. It happened. It just is happening kind of two weeks after the fact of what he originally said it was going to. So he scooped them, and they don't like the fact that he scooped them, which is why they had to additionally increase the charges. There'll be 34 cases. It may get down to like one or two. And then it's going to be the media saying, oh, look, he's unfit to be president because he was the first ever to be charged with criminal activity as an ex-president in the United States. And it is... It is totally absurd. Totally absurd. Insane. Well, at the same time, as I mentioned, this is why individuals are believing the federal government less and less. Like, this is a different time. And I know a lot of Republicans here from the Mid-America region, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, this whole middle-of-the-country era. There are a lot of Republicans... And I say that with air quotes. There are a lot of Republicans that think the Republican Party is still like the 1950s style 
system. We can believe the system. The government's there looking out for us. We just kind of live our nice little life with our white picket uh, white picket fences and our big yard, and we'll just go to work, and you know we'll have our union and everything will be great. But I'm still Republican. I like somewhat limited government, but the system's there really to help us overall. And there's a lot of people that still believe in that system. And if you do, God bless you because you know what? You're you're way stronger than myself because more people nowadays especially with the younger generations, distrust the system more and more, disbelieve the system more and more. And I say system in a very general uh, stance right now, but it's happening more. And this is the kind of garbage that proves it. For example, while we have an ongoing conflict with Russia and the Ukraine and with China and with China meeting with Russia with their world dominant strategizing powers right now and the money coming into the big guy from the Biden family, that's not on the radar by anybody on investigations on whether that's okay or not or whether it's even happening or not with a laptop that's sitting in the FBI not going anywhere with investigations on Hunter Biden with paying rent to his father or paying or selling his paintings or the photos and all the other stuff that he's done and being an energy expert for foreign nations, coincidentally the ones that we're involved with right now and we're not getting any any information on any of these at all well they're going to obviously keep stonewalling and the problem is we're getting bank records and they never dreamed we would get bank records uh, we also have access and have staff in as we speak looking at the bank violations so there are two different things here they're the bank records and the bank violations the biden attorneys tried to block us from both we have access to to both now uh, they're not going to be able to come up with a good explanation for why this family and so many members of the family took millions and millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party. Now, the one statement they've already issued, they said, well, that first uh, one million plus that was divided up between three or four Biden family members, that went for seed capital. Uh, I don't believe that will turn out to be an accurate statement. We haven't found a legitimate business that the Bidens were involved in. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. We're getting information in as we speak. And I think that the American people are finally going to be given the truth and have actual facts as to the extent to which the Biden family were influence peddling. That was Congressman James Comer on Newsmax earlier today as uh, and not to try and deflect from, well, Trump's being indicted, not Joe Biden. Well, that's the problem. If there is an issue, look, if Donald Trump truly honestly did something bad, then we should look at it. We should punish him accordingly because no one is actually above the law. But the fact is that that's happening while they're stonewalling. We can't get any information on family dealings with a nation that wants to take us over, who's brainwashing us, who's controlling us, who's spying on us, who's doing issues left and right. We can't do anything there. I'm telling you, everything coming out, people are going to just turn a blind eye to, just ignore and not listen to any of it because we don't trust anybody. Edward Epstein coming up right around the corner. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, this is The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. All right, and welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a Friday, final day of the week. I know you're excited about it. Hey, quick programming note for you, and I want to get to our guest. I'm excited to chat with our next guest here on the show. Quick programming note, however, is I just got a message, and as you know, our partners over at OpsLens, which you can find on their social media, their website, their app at OPSLENS.com, that stream all over the place on different platforms. We're killing it on their Getter page, on their Facebook page, on their website, in their app. They now are streaming on a new platform as well. 
and I know you like it, Rumble, rumble.com, the alternative to YouTube. If you want to watch it, we do have the live stream going up on Rumble right now. Find the Obsolence channel and live stream. You can watch us there as uh, that started off today. Seems to be running pretty smooth, so welcome aboard all the new Rumble listeners and fans and viewers as well. We love you to death and appreciate you very, very much. All right, I don't want to waste any time. Let's get into our guest of the day because Holy cow, there's a lot to talk about. By the way, I'm seeing all the comments. I'm seeing them on your live streams. Everybody's saying, uh, yes, I support President Trump even more, even with this stuff going on with the indictment, the potential arraignment on Tuesday of all the details. Again, we don't know anything other than the 34 charges they're trying to bring up and the media making him think that he's just squirming and just, just shaking in his boots at his home because he doesn't like this op says the people who have been investigating him for eight years at least, and you think now he's going to crumble. I mean, if that's what you believe, that's cool. All right, whatever you say. Let's get into what's trending. What's trending today? Really happy to have this guy on the program. We'll pick his brain on that in a moment, as he's been an amazing journalist for years, and he's covered so many issues, all the way back to the JFK assassinations, uh, the Vatican banking scandals out of Rome, so many other issues. And his latest book, Assume Nothing, Encounters with Assassins, Spies, Presidents, and Would-Be Masters, of the universe. Holy cow, he's met some pretty crazy people out in the world. Excited to have on the program with us here, Mr. Edward Epstein. Edward, how are you, my friend? I'm fine this afternoon. How are you, Andy? I am living the dream, and I appreciate you very much coming on the show here. I got to, before we get into your book here, I have to ask you, being a journalist and with the news that's breaking with all this indictments of the former president and breaking history for the first time ever, uh, as a journalist, are you liking the coverage of this stuff? And what's your thoughts on all this madness? Well, I, I actually served on a New York State grand jury so uh, what I, uh, for a couple of months. So what I could say uh, is that a grand jury is led around by the district attorney. He, uh, the defense has no legal standing. There are no lawyers. So basically the attorney general, probably the uh, District attorney, vice attorney general, district attorney says what you should do. And the grand jury, you need a three-quarter majority, indicted him. And uh, so he indicted uh, the former president. Uh, until we know uh, uh, the charges, uh, we really can't say very much about it because, um, yeah. uh, you know, the case rests on facts. And uh, all the facts can be challenged. That's the nature of facts. Faith is something that can't be challenged, but facts can be. So I think we're just going to have to wait until uh, uh, Trump's lawyers will no doubt demand the evidence that the grand jury indicted him on. And then uh, a judge might throw out the case or it might go to the trial. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We really can't speculate much more than that other than knowing that something's about to happen. We live in unprecedented times, don't we? I mean, I know they've been going after him for years just based on political biasness. One way or the other, people love him, people hate him. But, uh, I mean, the, the media is having a heyday saying how he's so scared about this and doesn't want to be uh, taking a photo with him with handcuffs on, so on and so forth. But, I mean, he's been he's been investigated quite a bit for the last few years. Uh, in your opinion, do you think he's worried about these charges? Yes, I think it's a nuisance. I, I, anyone would be worried about being <laughs> brought to trial or possibly going to jail, okay? Yeah. So he's human, very human, and... Uh, but I, you know, and assume nothing. I talk about my meetings with other presidents, like Richard Nixon, and even Obama. And so, you know, I, uh, presidents are basically human beings who, through a series of events and maybe opportunism, and luck, and skill, 
have brought themselves to the highest position of power. Yeah. And uh, this is the first time we've had a uh, ex-president uh, indicted, although uh, Richard Nixon uh, had a pardon from the, his successor, Gerald Ford, so he didn't have to worry about it, but Nixon did worry about his reputation. Sure. That is very true. Let's talk about your book, Assume Nothing, Encounters with Assassins, Spies, Presidents, and Would-Be Masters of the Universe. Uh, is a fascinating topic just on its own, and just the title of this one. From all the people and all the years that you've been a journalist, that you've talked to individuals, uh, who do you think has been probably maybe the most dangerous individuals or most maybe power-hungry individuals that you've experienced and chatted with? Well, I do believe the most dangerous class of individuals is the new cancel culture. Mm. I think it makes investigative journalism very dangerous because every journalist who wants to investigate or even challenge an opinion has to worry not about the public. public doesn't uh, rise in a problem. The public isn't woke. They have to worry about the levels above them, the editorial levels, the publisher, the people who own the media. And it's just like COVID, a virus infects and keeps infecting. And in my view, uh, the uh, cancer culture uh, has done great damage uh, in the last few years, greater than I've ever seen in my life, uh, to uh, investigative journalism. And when I started, I was a college student, an undergraduate, and I went and investigated, uh, you know, the Warren Commission. I met with every member of the Warren Commission, their staff. I looked at their uh, files. That would be impossible today. I mean, the, the world is now guarded in a way with public relations people, and one has to worry about their publisher, their uh, editor, and the editors have to worry about uh, being their jobs, basically. So if you ask me the most dangerous class of people, I think it's the people uh, that have taken what was once called McCarthyism, which was hardly a, a fraction as dangerous, sure. and now escalated it to all people who challenge received wisdom. That's a great point. Uh, the cancel culture continues to grow every day, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it's, how do we have good journalism today? And like you said, I mean, oh, how, how difficult it is, but is it inhibiting the truth from getting out to the general public, from actual stories of breaking from real scandals, from real bad things that are going on in the world? Is it actually prohibiting that stuff from getting out to the public right now because of the way journalism's well, changed? Well, you know, journalists themselves uh, impress me. They're skilled, they're intelligent, they're attuned to the, time, the times, okay? They know what's going on. But they have to worry about getting their story to an editor. The editor has to worry about uh, a Twitter storm that could cost them his job. And the publisher has to worry about the editor. So the answer is, uh, it's not journalists who are prob the problem. Yeah. It's people who have taken over at the mid-range of uh, all media, the executives and the uh, editorial range and, and book publishing, and, the, and they've so infected it that, you know, when I speak to my friends and we discuss topics of books, uh, they say, wait, well, you can never do that topic for this reason. And book publishers now have, uh, they now submit your book uh, encountered and submit my book, I don't think, but they submit it to a... Uh, a sensitivity Council, 
someone whose job it is, is to read to see if any words violate uh, the forbidden uh, taboo words. So I think, you know, I think it is a, a real problem. I don't think journalism will ever go back to what it was in the days of Woodward Bernstein and investigative reporting in the 70s and, and the 80s. I think we've seen uh, the best days behind us. Yeah, that is very unfortunate as well. We're talking with Edward Epstein, author of the book Assume Nothing, Encounters with Assassins, Spies, Presidents, and Would-Be Masters of the Universe. Where does social media fit into this as well as a journalist trying to get information out to individuals, and then you post a link to a story that's really trying to get in deep into a story, and then you have someone on social media that has no credibility and no background or certification that comments on it and says, I have a blog, so therefore I'm going to counter you, and then we have all this ridiculousness online. Does social media play uh, play into this as well? Yes, social media is the way that this virus spreads. It's the actual media <laughs> that the virus travels in. Because, again, going back to the old days of when I was investigating the Warren Commission and the Diamond Cartel, you know, if someone didn't like what I was writing, they'd take out a pad of paper and then they'd write a letter to the editor or someone, they'd put a postage stamp on it and mail it and it would wind up in a trash can somewhere. Now, as you just said, Andy, they simply go to their Twitter account, uh, find like-minded people, and they organize a Twitter storm. Uh, and uh, the storm makes it impossible, if it's a small magazine like New York Review of Books and even the New Yorker, they have to deal with this storm. So the next time uh, the subject comes up, whether it's you or someone else, they think we better not ha- deal with the subject. We don't want another Twitter storm. So, yes, social media uh, has created the uh, rapid spread of the, of the virus of wokeness. It is unfortunate. we got just about 45 seconds left here, uh, Edward, and I appreciate your time very much. But I have to ask you about the assassins part of it. How many assassins have you chatted with? Uh, well, I did go to Moscow and met with the two accused assassins. Uh, they actually were quite helpful to me in other matters. Um, one uh, called uh, Lugaboy, who was accused of assassinating uh, the uh, ex-spy Litvinenko, Alexander Litvinenko, in London. Uh, I met with the accused assassin in Moscow, and, uh, of course, he denied that he was involved at all, but uh, (laughs) he invited me on a tiger hunt in Siberia, (laughs) and he helped me, he helped me get to the lawyer for Edward Snowden, which no other journalist got to, who then gave me information about Snowden. I love so, it. Assassins can be helpful, Andy. They can be helpful. I love it. It's Edward Epstein, the author of the book Assume at Nothing. Edward, thank you so much for coming on the program, my friend. Let's get you back on again soon. Great, great pleasure, Andy. Bye. I appreciate it very much. All right, lots more coming up. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into our last few minutes here of the program. Thanks again to Edward Epstein coming on the program. Great journalist, legendary journalist, covering everything from the JFK assassination all the way up till now. 
interesting stuff. I'm, I'd love to sit there and just have him tell stories of the people that he's met. Again, that's why you need to read the book, which you can go and check out. Assume Nothing, which really goes into the topic of today, obviously. Assume Nothing. Everything you hear from the mainstream media is probably not true in any way, shape, or form. Looking at the headlines on Newsmax right now, uh, watching the family of Trump come out and just say, hey, we're kind of used to being targeted. We're used to being investigated. This is nothing new. So while this may be bothering Donald Trump, obviously, uh, it's probably nothing that he's really worried about too terribly bad. How long have they been in business? I don't know. I mean, we got to look. How long has the Trump family been in business? How long has he been running the Trump enterprises and Trump Tower and doing what he's done? And they're concerned about years. It's, uh, it, look, if that's the worst they can come up with is 30, 40, 50 years of Trump enterprises making a small deal that was somehow bad or maybe uh, walking the line on legalities or something like that or the amount of taxes that he's paying or trying not to pay in some way. Cheaper. If that's the best that they have on a presidential candidate because they don't want him to be in office, then I think we're doing pretty good. But again, yes, the laws need to be fair for everybody, which I don't know why they asked. The media was kind of dumb on why they even asked this. So VP Kamala Harris was hanging out with the president of Zambia uh, for whatever reason. I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. But then they did the Q&A with the mainstream and the media asked them, obviously, about the indictment because they had to get the VP's thoughts on that, which every time she speaks. Her approval ratings go down. No one cares for her. No one likes her. And every time she talks, she's kind of like Hillary Clinton. When she's not around, people love her. <laughs> hey, I remember her. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, cool. But when she comes out, uh, comes out of the closet again and starts to speak again, nobody likes her. Nobody cares for her in any way she <laughs> performs. So they're better when they don't talk. But they asked her today. She was out trying to make an appearance for whatever reason, trying to act somewhat vice presidential. And they asked the her the question, which she's like, I'm not going to comment on it. It's a case, and I'm just not going to mention it. But they asked the president of Zambia their thoughts on the former president being indicted as well. I don't know why they did that, but I'm almost curious. Do you think that they did it hoping that he'd be like, yeah, to hell with that guy. I'm glad that he's being indicted. I really like this administration, hoping for a little soundbite. And it didn't quite turn out that way. The indictment of President Trump, what does that mean to rule of law? I think let's remove names from your question. Let's put what we decided we would do to govern ourselves in an orderly manner. First, our constitutions, bedrock law, then secondary laws, other regulations create a platform or framework around which we agreed, either as Americans or Zambians, to govern ourselves and so to live within those confines. And when there's transgression against law, it does not matter who is involved. I think that is what the rule of law means. Oh, my. Do you think that was a backhanded attack on the Bidens? Do you think they know? Now, for those that were like, I can't understand him, his accent's too thick. So he said, let's take away the name for a second. A society that's supposed to govern themselves under a system of a rule of law means that everybody falls under that law. So regardless of what the name, put the name in, take the name out, doesn't really matter. Let's fill in the blank. If they break that law, then they need to be punished accordingly because they broke the law that is the rule of law that everybody's supposed to be under when we're under a system of a self-governing body. Meaning we the people that get to run for office, we the people that get to represent in our government, we the people that get to do our thing. Take away the name, 
and fill in the blank on whoever that may be. And that's all he said. He didn't say Donald Trump's evil. I'm so glad I love, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And he didn't say any of that. He said, take away the name and let's uh, fill in the gap and let's rule and live under a rule of law. Do you think that that was a backhanded attempt to go after the Bidens, knowing maybe some of the shenanigans going on behind the scenes? Now, obviously, he's a politician as well, being the president of Zambia. But do you think just maybe, just maybe there's a little bit of that in the back of like, (laughs) I know what you guys are doing and you're not following your own laws. America's crumbling because you don't follow your own rule of law, which means if you don't follow your own rule of law, what's the point of having a rule of law? And if you don't have rule of law in your society, then when you have the opposite of rule of law, which is anarchy and tyranny. And that's what we're on the brink of. Unless we make our justice system actually function the way it's supposed to and not focus on one individual, but focus on all the crime and criminal activity in this nation from all sides of the aisle because no one should be above the law. But in the words of Hillary Clinton, at what point does it really matter? Come on, man. Have a great weekend. We're back at it again next week. We'll have some more information as the arraignment comes on Tuesday. Until then, enjoy. Let's kick off the beginning of April, quarter number two of 2023. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.